Psalm 125. Psalm 125. Get a word from our sponsor. Father, we thank you for the word and, and we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And we thank you, Lord. What a great praise to know where some of the money is going. And, and Lord, we just ask your blessing upon that ministry as these people are entering eternity. They have the opportunity to enter with Jesus. <laughs> there's, wow, there's no greater joy than to be with someone who knows Jesus stepping into the throne room. So, Father, we ask your blessing upon that ministry and upon the time this morning as we come to open your word. None of us know, maybe one of us will enter eternity this morning, this afternoon, this week. We don't know for sure. So, Lord, bless us, encourage us, strengthen us, rebuke us if necessary. Discipline us. We want to be more like Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And if you would do me a favor, if you would write down or remember Ed and Betty Stahl, S-T-A-L-L, Ed and Betty Stahl. Ed has Alzheimer's, and they've been a part of our fellowship for many, 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 many years. Well, their son Mark, who is 58, and I am 58, uh, went home to be with Jesus this week. He died of a massive heart attack, suddenly, unexpectedly, no warning signs. So I know you often hear me say you never know, and you might think, oh, get off it, would you? You never know. You just never know. So make sure if you're here this morning, you don't have Jesus as your Savior, that you receive him, that you receive him, because you will step into eternity sooner or later. We're all going to. Ten out of ten do. It's amazing. This psalm here was most likely written during the Jews' return to Jerusalem, Psalm 125. And, and we're going to see basically three people that are addressed in this psalm. In verses 1 and 2, those who are faithful and trust in the Lord. In verse 3, those who were backslidden and compromised with the enemy. And then in verse 5, those who deliberately followed after the ways of the enemy, commonly known today as apostate. Apostate, and that would go along with what I already shared this morning in the announcements. Psalm 125, a song of ascents. Again, if you're new or visiting, these are a hymnal within a hymnal. They are going to Jerusalem. They're singing these songs as they go. That's why you'll see in your Bible, many of these psalms are a song of ascents, a song of ascents, a song of ascents. They're heading to Jerusalem. Verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. You see, Mount Zion is where the Temple Mount is located today. It is where God instructed Abraham to take and offer up Isaac. And it is the focal point of God's work upon this earth with his one and only son, dying just outside the gates of Jerusalem. And we'll be there in just a few months in March. If you'd like to join us, it's not too late. You see, the author, author gives us the picture of trying to move a mountain. That's what these verses are saying, trying to move Mount Zion. It wasn't going to happen in those days, and even with modern machinery today, it's still not going to happen. So, with that thought in mind... Those who trust in the Lord are like that mountain. They're like that mountain. The word, As we trust in the word of God, the whole word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, 
Not picking and choosing what we want to believe in. Not taking our theology and then making the Bible fit our theology, but taking the Bible and shaping our theology through the Bible. The Word of God will stand forever. Because again, remember, they are pilgrims singing these songs as they head to Jerusalem from all different directions. The mountain was going to be there no matter how many times they went. When they came around that bend, and maybe you've been to a certain place, maybe it's going back to your home or your homeland, and you just know, you're, you know, the anticipation is there, or maybe you're going to visit someone, and they've lived in that certain home. I can remember my grandparents, they lived in the home, it's 100 and, I don't know, even know how old it is now, I mean, it's ancient, it's still there. So as a little child or as a teenager, when we went to grandma's house, there was that anticipation because... It was it was crazy, you know. You think about these little things, and I wasn't even sh- planning on sharing this. So, but I don't know. How, some of you guys are old, so you might remember those tin cups. Do you remember those old colored tin cups? And Grandma always had ginger ale, and so there was that, and, and cookies. She always had cookies or the ribbon candy. I don't know if you guys remember the ribbon candy. Grandma's house always had ribbon candy, metal cups that hit your teeth. Or stuck to your lip when they were cold, but ginger ale. And so when you were start getting close, it was like something inside you that oh, we're going to grandma's house. It's the anticipation. Well, this is the same as these people are feeling. We're going to Jerusalem, far greater, obviously, but we're going to Jerusalem. We're going to that same mount that Father Abraham, Father Abraham, offered up Isaac, not Ishmael. You see, Islam takes the exact same story, and instead of it being Isaac, it's Ishmael. No, no, we're going to where Father Abraham offered up Isaac, Mount Zion, the Temple Mount. That's why there would be such excitement, because God is like those mountains. No matter whatever happened in my life this past year, I'm now going to Jerusalem, and Mount Zion is going to be there. It's going to be there. Just like you, God, You are always there. I necessarily haven't felt you. I haven't had the emotional high. But I know you're there. I know you're there. And I can trust in you. You will surround me. You will protect me from the spiritual enemy. For we all know it rains on the just and the unjust. And oftentimes you watch Christian fiction and you get this idea that you should never get a cold, you should never get the flu, you should never get cancer, you should never die. No, they've died. The the men that taught that trash have died. And some of them of cancer. Just do a little bit of research. Get into the Bible. You see, God sits in heaven and he is higher than any mountain that we could ever imagine. You see, he can see the enemy Because even as you think about mountains, mountains were also Jerusalem, Mount Zion was elevated so they could see the enemy coming. The enemy would have to go through a valley and then come up to Mount Zion. That gives you strategic position. Well, God is above everything, guys, as most of you know. But in case someone's here that doesn't, we actually here believe there is a God of the Bible And we also believe in angels, which means we also believe in fallen angels. And so there's demonic activity taking place in your life, in my life. And God sees that. And as the book of Job shows us, God knows. 
God knows and God protects. We just need to trust in him, in God, and allow him to do the rest because he is able to make us stand. Ephesians 6.13 Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And again, maybe you're new or young in the faith. Armor of God. Just keep reading. It'll come to you. You'll learn. You'll understand. But Paul is using that picture of the Roman soldier, but he's equating it to the word of God. Take up the whole word of God. Don't pick and choose what you want to hear. Take up the whole word of God that you, notice that, that you, not just me, but that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When the enemy presses in upon you, when the enemy tries to get you to do something that you don't want to do or you shouldn't do, but he's pressing and we crack that door because it's not like they used to say in the 60s, the devil made me do it. No, 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 the devil didn't make you do it. You, I, we open that door of the flesh and then we fulfill that flesh and then we close and go, ah, why did I do that? Well, we forgot to pray. We forgot to quote a scripture. We forgot to meditate and memorize. And notice what the end of the verse says, and having done all, having done all. To stand. Well, how can I do that? You can't. I can't. But when we surrender the Holy Spirit, who is God, who Jesus sent from heaven, the Holy Spirit can. And so that's what we have to break apart in our American mind. I can't do everything. But I can do what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I can do all things through the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. And I just had this, I just typed this in with for the NLT. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. Isn't that interesting? When you think about what's happened in the last 20 to 40 years of those who are ruling our land and where we are today as a society, that fits perfectly. It fits perfectly, guys. The word of God is applicable. You see, the 10 northern tribes of Israel never had one good king. They were continually disobedient and pursued false idols. So God cleansed the land by allowing their other nations to come in and take those ten tribes captive, removing them from the the northern area of Israel. The two southern tribes would have an evil king, a good king, an evil king, a good king. And the southern tribes lived this life for many years until God finally allowed, God finally allowed, that's so important as you study the Bible, read your Bible, see what God allowed, King Nebuchadnezzar, to carry the two remaining tribes of Israel to Babylon. And when the wicked ruled over the land, the people unfortunately compromised, and it cost the whole nation dearly. But when everyone else is sinning, why not join in and have some fun as well? You see, it takes being filled with the Holy Spirit for you and me, for you young people, because we've all been young. Hard to believe, but us old people, we're young. And we all said the same thing that you said. Well, so-and-so's doing it, why can't I do it? Well, so-and-so has it, why can't I have it? Did anybody not do that? Don't raise your hand, because you're going to get stoned. But I think everybody pretty much said that in one way or another. 
That's just life. You see, it takes being filled with the Holy Spirit, you and me today, young and old. It takes being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing that the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, to not go down that road of compromise. That's where you and I are at today. That's why I am as a pastor, and that's why I bring these articles to protect you so you don't think, well, you're a pastor and you just sit around praying all week long and you don't deal with stuff like I have to deal with. I deal with things more than probably you deal with because this is reality. What makes our church different than another church that comes in across the street and says, hey, it's okay to ordain homosexuals. It's okay to marry homosexuals. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay to have people living together. It's okay. But that church over there, they're just, they're fundamental. They're extremist. They're as bad as the Muslims that blow themselves up. Stay away from that church. They're extreme. That's reality that I have to deal with mentally as well as physically. So yes, we're all in this boat together, guys. We're all in this boat together. So stay focused on the word of God that we don't go down that road of compromise. Verse 4, do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. You see, God will bless those who pursue after him. And those blessings might not be what we would think of as blessings, though, because most of Americans, most of Americans think of God's blessings as financial. Financial. That's typically, if you ask the average American if they if they were going to be blessed, they would come back with the answer, well, finances, money. Because money is what? Money can buy everything. So if, if I was, yeah, if I was blessed, then God would give me money. You see, the greatest blessing that anyone could ever have, after salvation, obviously, is to have the peace that surpasses understanding. And as you and I enter this holiday season, this Christmas season with this nativity set and this little babe that was born. We know he's not a little babe. He is full grown. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And he's coming back as a righteous judge, not as a lamb. The lamb came the first time, sacrificed for the sins of the world. He's coming back the second time to judge the sins of the world. Jesus is coming back. And most of you in this room know Jesus as your savior, so you're right with him. And you ha- you can have that peace. But you might be sitting here this morning and you still don't have that peace. For whatever reason, even though you're born again, even though you really do love God, you're dealing with things in your life and you don't have that peace. It's most likely because, and I know I'm oversimplistic, but this is reality. It's most likely because you're not in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. You're not memorizing. You're not meditating. You're not praying. You're not in fellowship with other like-minded believers. You're trying to do it on your own, and you're trying to do it your own way. God loves you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. But make it easier on yourself. Get around like-minded believers. Get into the word of God, and you'll be amazed at how you will have the peace that surpasses understanding. And as I read that, it says, you know, so God will do good to those who are good? So a question hopefully comes into your mind or came into your mind as it came into mine. Well, who is good? Because the Bible clearly tells us that no one's good, no, not one. Old as well as New Testament. But then you also want to know when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are now good. From heaven to earth, you are now good. And God sees you as holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. The word unreprovable is an accounting term. That means there's no sin on the books of heaven. Even when you commit a sin, even when I commit a sin, it's not on record in heaven. 
because God sees you because of the blood of Jesus Christ as good as good. And that's kind of interesting. You know, have you ever been around someone who thinks their kids can do no wrong? Have any of you been, been, have you ever been around somebody like that? Their kids can do no wrong? And you go to them and you talk to them and they immediately say, oh no, not my Johnny. My Johnny would never do that. It's kind of like leave it to Beaver, right? Who is that? Eddie Haskell. <laughs> would you like a piece of gum, Mrs. Cleaver? <laughs> Good old Eddie Haskell. I mean, you know it's different. Others know it's different, but the parents aren't going to admit it. I, I always did that with my kids. I go, really? Is that all they did? Well, thank God. I'll, I'll take care of it. I, I would expect them to do a lot more than that. But, you know, that's the way God sees us. He actually knows it to be true that we are good, even in the midst of our poor choices. Isn't that awesome? You see, God still sees us as good, holy. I've already said it, but I want to put it in print so you can read it yourself. So he will work all things. When you read that verse in Romans, he works all things together for those who are out sinning. No. God's not going to bless your sin. God's not going to bless my sin. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to read the whole Bible. For good as we continue to submit to his will. As we submit to his will. Even during those emotional hard times. God, I'm just going to submit to you because I know you're going to work it for the good. I'm sorry about my choice. I repent. I ask for forgiveness. Boom. Forgiven. All right. Let's work it for the good. Let's work it for the good. And God will. He will work it for the good. Verse 5. For as such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. You see, those who deliberately go to choose to go astray will find the way hard, very hard. Peace will abandon their lives and will be replaced with sorrow. You see, they might not appear that way externally, but internally, internally, they're dying on the vine. They're dying on the inside. Peace can be upon those who know and reverence the Lord. Those who do not will be judged accordingly and they will suffer eternally for their own choices. You see, it's just best to follow after the Lord in his ways and, the, and find the peace that surpasses understanding as the psalmist winds it up, winds up his song, peace be upon Israel. Remember, these songs were brought together. We're not sure when this was written, but they were brought together as a hymnal after the Babylonian captivity. So they were singing this as they were going back to Jerusalem. And this may have been written during David's time. We don't know. Others may have been singing this in the good days. But we know this for certain. It was in the bad times that it had become good now. We're heading back to Jerusalem. We're going to sing this. Psalm 126. A song of ascents. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. You see, after some of the people had spent 70 years in captivity, as I just mentioned, it was like a dream to them that they would be allowed to go back and see Jerusalem. And I'd venture to say that some of them have times of of serious doubt. 70 years. Oh, we've been here for 20 years. When do we get to go back? We have to be able to go back. I mean, it's been 20 years. We've prayed. We've cried. We've repented. We've got to be able to go back. No, no, 70 years. 70 years, we were told by the prophet. 
Nah, you, you, no, no, 70 years. God said 70 years. We are here for 70 years. So there were some that were doubted. Others, they knew they were going back, but they were yet mocked, most likely. We're going back to Jerusalem. We're, you know, can you imagine the 69th year? If they were paying attention, even as Daniel read the word of God and found it in the word of God, hey, 70 years is up, we're going back. They were like, hey, next year, we're going to be able to go back. Next year is the 70th year. Scripture is going to be fulfilled. We're going back to Jerusalem. And they would have been mocked. Man, I've been hearing that. Jesus is coming back. I heard that in the 60s. Would you get over that and get real? We got problems in America and Jesus isn't going to help us. Oh, okay. Just want to let you know. The rapture is going to happen. Jesus is coming back. We're seeing signs of the time. I just thought you might like to know. It hasn't changed, has it? It hasn't changed. You're dreaming, they might say. But now God gave the people of Israel favor and they were heading back to the land. The dream had come true and they were expressing themselves accordingly. You see, there are times when family members, neighbors, coworkers, they'll laugh at us, calling us dreamers for our trust in the Lord. But we will be doing what the next verse shows us as well in verse 2. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. We're heading back to Jerusalem. The word of God has been fulfilled. And our tongue was singing. Then they sat among the nations, among the Gentiles around them. The Lord, notice they didn't say, our army overthrew the Babylon, Babylonians and we're heading back to Israel. They're, our false idols Finally got us out of Babylon. We started to worship the false idols in Babylon, and now we're heading back to Israel. Is that what they're saying? Notice exactly what they're saying, because it's for you and me today. They're saying, they said, what? In quotes, the Lord has done great things for them. The Gentile nations are going to say, the Lord, your God, whom I believe we're going to see Uncle Neb in heaven, Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged that God is God. And the other Gentile nations, as they're heading back to Jerusalem, the Lord, your God, did this. He's doing amazing things for you. This is really incredible. You see, there will come a day when this life will be all wrapped up and those who used to mock us will have to proclaim that we were right. And here the nations around Israel had to proclaim that Israel was blessed Because the kings of that day gave them, the Jews, favor in order to rebuild Jerusalem. You ladies have learned this and are learning it in your Nehemiah study. When Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem, the king of Babylon blessed Nehemiah with many physical items. And he also sent letters, orders, to the surrounding nations to bless the nation of Israel as well, to aid them in whatever they might need. Whatever they might need, the nations, the Gentile nations, were instructed by the king of Babylon, and if they disobeyed, it would cost them their head. You bless Israel with whatever they might need to build the temple, to finish the walls of Jerusalem, and to offer sacrifices unto their God. For as they offer sacrifices unto their God, it's going to bless me. God will bless me. That's what you ladies are learning. 
You see, after 70 years of captivity, God still had his eye on his what? Rebellious kids. Not that any of you are rebellious. I, I still have that rebellious tendency in my life. Till I take my last breath, I think. It's called the flesh. Stinking flesh. But God didn't abandon us. Didn't abandon them, and he never will. It's not that I'm ever going to be sinless. I'll never be sinless. But as you've heard me say many times, and I hope you are becoming, I should sin less. I should sin less. Becoming more like Jesus. You see, jump ahead a few hundred years to 70 AD when General Titus came and destroyed Jerusalem. Over the centuries, people would laugh when there was even a mention of Israel becoming a nation once again. But with God, Israel was brought back into existence almost 1,900 years after its destruction. Same language, same culture, same rituals, in the same land, the land of Israel. And the people of Israel celebrated their creation in 1948, and they continue to do so to this day. Even after all the various wars that have taken place against Israel, when they were outnumbered, do a little study on that, they were outnumbered and should have lost every single war that they participated in. Not when God's on your side. They won every single one of those wars. Even though the nations around them wanted to annihilate them and still do to this day and refuse to acknowledge their right to exist. You see, most of those neighbors' desire is to annihilate Israel even to this day. You see, God will laugh along with the saved in the end And all the nations will proclaim that God has done many wonderful things for them. Verses uh, 3 and 4. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. You see, it wasn't as like the days of Solomon and David, but they were back in the land, and and that's really all that mattered to them. Unfortunately, you would think that that would be the same thing even today. And as you study Israel and as you go over there, um, even though they have the land today, many of them do not even believe there is a God. They do not practice the Jewish faith. A majority of them would be classified as secular, secular, secular Jews. In other words, they're Jew by DNA, but they don't believe in God. They don't practice their religion. Kind of sounds like America. Most of America truly is secular. That's just the way it is. Tel Aviv boasts itself as the gay capital of the Middle East. You see, God has done great things for them, but they refuse to acknowledge that. Yet one day during the millennial reign of Christ, the tears that have been sown will reap a harvest of great joy in verses 5 and 6. I have these two verses highlighted. Those who sow in tears shall reap joy. Even this past week as our brother Mark passed and and I went to visit Ed and Betty and, and Ed unfortunately didn't even know really what was going on, but Betty had tears. It's not supposed to work that way. Kids aren't supposed to die before the parents do. Yet she knows. Mark knew Jesus as his Savior. He had fruit of salvation. There's no question he knew Jesus. So even though she had sorrowful tears, which we'll all have when our loved ones pass, and we should. I mean, that's part of the process. 
She very quickly said, but I'm going to see him again with a smile on her face. I'm going to see him again. He's going to have his brand new body. No more issues. And I'll have my brand new body. And we won't be mother, son. We'll be brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what's going to happen in heaven, guys. Brothers and sisters in Christ. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. So under that physical analogy, throwing out the seed, throwing out the seed, throwing out the seed. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So that physical analogy, even the, the, the sower that goes out and continually sows. Some years good harvest, some years bad harvest. But he keeps doing what he's doing out of faith, out of trust. You and me. As we sow seeds and or tears, we can know for certain that Jesus is coming back. You see, I am sure there are many tears shed in Babylon, and after 70 years, those tears of repentance were turned into tears of joy. And some who shed those tears of repentance eventually saw the joy of returning to the land of Israel. And the bottom line is what? God fulfills His promises. You see, for every believer today, our hearts need to stay soft in our walk with the Lord. As I already mentioned earlier, ah, Jesus is coming back. Get out of here. Jesus is coming back, guys. He is coming back because his word said he's coming back. So keep your heart soft to the word of God and in your walk with the Lord. You see, it's okay to grieve over the world and its sin. For one day our tears will be turned into joy. I'm going to read Second Peter chapter 2. Just sit and listen to this. Second Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation, so sometimes it's hard when you're reading your own. So maybe just listen, take it down, read it on your own. Second Peter 2.6 Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom, because he was a righteous man. Do a little thinking about that this week. What? The Bible calls Lot a righteous man? God knew more about him than you and I did. But the point is, he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. And let's wrap it up with this, Luke chapter 21. Let's turn to Luke chapter 21, 25 through 28. And we'll wrap it up with this. Music team, feel free to, to come on up. Luke twenty one twenty five, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear, from fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Notice that. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man. Then they will see Jesus coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
Now, when these things begin to happen, notice verse 28 there. That's important for you and me as believers. Because there's always been earthquakes, there's always been famine, there's always been pestilence, there's always been wars, there's always been those things. We know that, and people oftentimes say, well, that's always happened. That is true. It has always happened. But Israel was not a nation. Israel is now a nation. That is the key. Anytime someone throws that at you, you just need to be calm and just go back to the facts. You are right. You know, you're right. But Israel wasn't a nation. Now they're a nation. And oh, by the way, 1967, Jerusalem once again became the capital city of Israel. Whether any other nation on this earth recognizes it or not, Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. That started the prophetic time clock. And Jesus is coming back. So now when you see all of these birth pains happening now, that's the difference than prior to 1967. That's the difference. So don't argue with them. That's, just admit it. It is. That's reality. But now what happens with birth pains? Ladies, <laughs> they get closer together. They get closer together. They get more and more intense, more and more intense. And you ladies know what's going to happen, don't you? This baby is coming and it hurts. Guys, that's what we're seeing in our day that we're living in. Jesus is coming back and it's going to hurt those upon the earth. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and look to the stock market. Because a new president is coming in 2020. No. Now, when these things happen, begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Your redemption, not salvation. You're taking off the earth. God, guys, God, Jesus is coming back to take his bride, the church, off the earth. He's coming back. If you don't believe it, that's fine. Your pastor does. I can show you in the scriptures. We're out of here before the tribulation. So you want to be ready. You want to be ready. You want to be watching. You want to be looking up. And don't get caught up in everything that's happening. Because I'm not a pessimistic pastor. I'm just a pastor that believes in the word of God. It's going to get worse before Jesus comes back. So it's going to get worse. What do we need to do? We need to look up and ask for more of the Holy Spirit to give us strength. Do you think the pastors were complaining in China as they were getting arrested during the middle of the night? I personally don't think they were. I think they were praying and they were probably ministering to the guards as they were walking them to the van. They were probably sharing with them, as Paul did, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they know these guards are going to die. They know when they die, they're going to heaven. These guards, I don't know. So I'm going to take this opportunity. I'll never see this guard again. I'm going to take this opportunity to share the gospel. That's what's for you and me, guys. We have that opportunity this week to share the gospel. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. And Lord, none of us knows what this week holds, this coming week, but we know that you hold it. And we thank you for that wonderful assurance that that we are in your hands. As Jesus said, that you can't escape out of my Father's hands. You can't escape out of my hands. Stop wiggling. Just rest. Enjoy the peace that my Father and I desire to give you through the Holy Spirit. Father, we, we pray for everyone right now, anyone who might be sitting in this room that does not know Jesus as their Savior, as the saints are praying. Maybe you're here this morning. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you're here this morning, 
and you do not have Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you are sincere, it's not about my prayer, it's just a, a prayer. But if you are sincere, God will answer that prayer and he will allow you to become a son, to become a daughter of his. Just pray this simple prayer. God, I have to admit, I am a sinner. I don't like admitting that. But it's true. So I need a Savior. And I thank you for this truth. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Who was tempted just like me. But he chose not to sin. And he is that sinless sacrifice that covers all of my sins. So God, I accept Jesus right now as my Savior. God, I invite your Holy Spirit right now into my life. I really don't know what that means. But I trust you will show me. I will learn. And I will come to appreciate it more each and every day. Thank you, God, that I can now call you Father. My Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit as the birth pains are getting closer together, as we go out into a world that needs Jesus, Father, give us strength to minister to those who cross our paths this week, to speak the truth in love. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Why don't we all stand? Have a great week. If we don't see you, I know some of you will be traveling. Be safe. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you after Christmas. Have a blessed Christmas season as some of you will leave. Uh, be praying for us. Pray for salvation as we know certain people will only come out at Christmas and Easter. And I'm glad they do. That's fine with me. Whenever, whatever it takes. Uh, just pray that people would receive Jesus wherever you might be. And if this is your five, we'll have it out in the lobby. Just grab it on the way out. God bless you guys. Have a great week.
线。